Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's kick off a new week of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us around the state this afternoon. Whatever affiliate you may be tuned in on, or supertalkhattiesburg.com, laurel.com, southwestmississippi.com. Whether you join us later in a podcast, we're just glad you're with us and uh, glad to have another week to talk about Southern Miss Athletics. Head football coach Will Hall about to join us here. In just a moment, first, we want to thank Southern Bank Corps for sponsoring our studios. That's where we broadcast out of Bob and Kelly in the Southern Bank Corps studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon, Luke and Laurel. And, of course, as always, the opening segment of our show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, one of our favorite uh, people, Justin and the gang that uh, run Dickie's great Southern Miss guys and uh, great friends of this program. All right, glad to have head football coach Will Hall back on the Eagle Hour right after the Golden Eagles. Uh, it's announced that we'll be playing a, a familiar foe. We'll be playing Rice uh, on uh, December 17th in Mobile, Alabama at the Lending Tree Bowl. And uh, before we get into all the details about the year, Coach, congratulations. I know very gratifying uh, for you and, uh, and the kids on the team uh, to be back in the bowl picture. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Bob. You know, it's been a uh... – it's been a long road to get here. It's been a tough build. Everybody knows that from what we inherited and the situation we had. And we worked extremely hard to build this program back to respectability. Uh, you know, and we played a season where we played 12 games and 11 of them were close games, you know, and we really spilt it. And uh, we, we scratched and clawed and found a way to win six. You know, we probably could have won a few more. We definitely could have lost a few more. And uh, that's just kind of where we're at right now in year two. We built the roster back. We're extremely young. We played a really hard schedule, and we battled every dang week. And we've got us back to a bowl game, uh, something we haven't done in a while here. We haven't won a bowl game since 2016. That's obviously something we want to to get done, too, and check off. And we're in the middle right now of our third recruiting class, which is huge, you know, to stack that third recruiting class on top of what we've done to to really – because we've laid a, a platform to really jump off of now. I mean, we're back to, to being a real program that can with, with something to build off of, and we feel really good about it. You know, you obviously see the improvement from year one to year two from a talent and overall roster standpoint. Uh, we'd like to make that jump again from year two to year three and get us competing for championships again. So uh, we're excited to get there. These older kids deserve it. They stuck through really, really tumultuous times. And, uh, man, we're recruiting our tails off as we speak 
and, and getting ready for Rice. All right, Coach, uh, and it, no question there was obvious improvement in the football program. But in a lot of conversations that I had uh, with you during the course of the year after practice, uh, you, you frequently said, you know, we're not a complete product. We, we still have deficiencies, I think, is the word that you used uh, frequently. As you look ahead now, what, what are the, the pressing concerns you have that you want to address between now and the next football season? Yeah, well, I think number one, you know, obviously everybody's consistency on offense. You know, um, you know, I'm a guy that's shattered school records everywhere I've been offensively. We've not been very good offensively in our two years here. There's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, so, obviously, that's the number one area where we've got to take a huge jump. And uh, overall, just just being a little bit better in every phase, you know, uh, you know, it, you know, one more. If we're a little bit better and can make one more play defensively in a lot of games, we can make one more play in the kicking game. We can make one more play offensively. You know, we're 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 a little better, and that comes with, you know, creating more opportunities within the game. You're never going to play. You know, everybody likes to point out to the one or two plays in a game that you don't make when you lose. But the fact of the matter is, really great football teams create more opportunities. They don't make every play. Nobody makes every play. Michael Jordan didn't make every shot, but Michael Jordan had the ability to create a lot of a lot of looks and shots for himself. And you know, Georgia is really good right now. They create a lot of opportunities to make plays. And we've got to, as we recruit and continue to build and keep making our roster better, and we got to fix some things and coach better. We're going to create more opportunities for ourselves and continue to improve. Coach Hall, I'm going to ask you a question a lot of people have asked me, and, and uh, full disclosure, this might be a Jeremy McLean question, but a lot of fans have asked me, how is Rice eligible to get a bowl game when they've only secured five wins? Yeah, so th- there's more bowl slots available than they are uh, teams that have six wins or more. So when that happens, Kelly – it goes to APR index, which is your, uh, you know, your your, your academic uh, retention rate, and the top teams with the most. So it goes to what is the best. They look at all the five win teams, and from there they rank them by who's got the highest APR. And obviously, Rice had the highest APR, so they got the bowl bid. Okay, that that's a great answer because a lot of people have asked that, and honestly, I I didn't know, you know, the answer to that. The other thing that you hear a lot of people say is, "Well, we're going to get two extra weeks of practice," and you know how far that will go. Is, is that a stretch, Coach? I mean, how much really can you accomplish in two extra weeks of practice overall for your overall program, not just for prep for the bowl game? Yeah, so what it does is it allows you to keep your team together. Like, if we didn't make a bowl, we would be done right now. We would be in dead week with finals and everything, so we wouldn't work out or do anything with our kids again until they got back for January by NCAA rules. So what it allows us to do is to keep them with us, keep structure, keep organization. We practiced two times last week before they announced the bowl, and we really focused on developing young guys. And, uh, and really improving and honing in fundamentals and skills with them. It allows us to continue to lift and run. This week, we're going to practice two to three times and also lift and run two to three times. And, uh, and then next week, you know, you kind of flip into game week. So what it does is it, it allows three weeks of continued development, continued structure, continued organization to, to keep improving. 
You know, is that improvement going to be astronomical? No, it's going to be incremental. But that's big for us right now when you consider we're a roster with 71 freshmen and sophomores, and uh, and we're continuing to build this program. So uh, I think it is big. I do. Luke? Coach, uh, thanks so much for coming on today. I, I guess, you know, we were talking about it, some of these games that, that you lost by one possession and – and uh, one thing that you harped on, you know, uh, throughout the throughout the season, and especially down the stretch, was you wanted to be able to uh, to punch it in more. Obviously, inside the ten, and you look back at, you know, some of those um, some of those games where we could have done that. Probably got a, a one or two more wins on the season. For for you going forward, uh, really, I, I guess, how much of of the offense did you feel comfortable about running this year? You know, it seemed like you know with the Louisiana game. Uh, man, it, it, we came out firing. It just seems as if you know you you felt more free as the year went on, but maybe early on we're, we're somewhat hamstrung by by personnel. Is that is that accurate? I think what you saw in Louisiana, you know, Luke, when you look back at me and you saw us at Tulane and and people that have known me forever, the Louisiana game, the Louisiana Monroe game at the end of the year was probably the most like. Uh, you know, an offense that I've run. We averaged seven yards a play that game. Uh, we had an opportunity to, to, to score a lot more points than we did. You know, we dropped a ball that hit us in the hands in the end zone. That's another touchdown. Uh, you know, we get, you know, the whole deal right before the half, which was humiliating on so many accounts. We snapped the ball with 16 seconds left. We throw the ball into the flat, complete it, get to the one, we're tackled with 11 seconds left, and the referee can't spot the ball. Where we, We're under center. Everybody's lined up to spike it with five seconds left, and we can't get the ball spotted to spike it. So we lose points right there. Well, I mean, that's a 10- you know, that's, that's to 14-point swing. We win that game 31 or 34 to 10. But the way we move the ball you know, was, was, was definitely more indicative of what we're going to be and what we're going to become. Um uh, you know, I thought we would get, yes, what I'd like for it to come around quicker, Luke. There's no doubt. You know what I mean? Am I disappointed? Yes. Have we got to get better? Yes. Are we addressing it? Yes. There's a lot of reasons for it. You know, everybody can call them excuses or whatever. I'm not going to sit here and give you a list, but uh, we inherited a program that had had a lot of offensive coordinators over a five year run. It had even more O line coaches. When that happens, recruiting is fractured. We did not have the roster health, you know, offensively that the rest of the team had because there had been consistency on defense. And then, you know, when we got here, Luke, we only had 13 available scholarships to spend, and we only had one scholarship quarterback on the roster. So we chose to use two spots on quarterbacks to get us to three. And we were just quarterback depleted, and there's no way to overcome that when you only got 13 spots without recruiting classes, and we're about to get all that fixed. All right, Coach, we've got a few more minutes. You can stay with us. No, I'd love to. All right, head coach Will Hall on the Super Talk Eagle Hour, other side of the break. Don't go anywhere.
but now load with my The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back, everybody. Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. I was actually there today talking to Miss Kathleen, and there is a store full of Christmas ideas. In fact, a week from Wednesday, she will be making an appearance here on the Eagle Hour. Jeremy McLean, Athletics Director, scheduled to be on the show tomorrow. We look forward to that. Of course, right now we've got one of our very favorite people, Will Hall, the head football coach at Southern Miss, I think. Luke had another question for you as we get this segment started, Coach. Yeah, Coach. Um, so I, I do, before we move on to maybe talk recruiting and other such, I do want to talk about this game because you have the opportunity uh, to have to finish year two with a winning record, with, with seven wins. And for those of us that played, I mean, there were times that we went into a bowl game or the last game of the season, five and five or six and six, and you want to get that last win just like, you know, six and six was so much better than five and seven. Seven and six would be incredible. Talk about Rice for a minute because I know the competitor that you are. Y- y'all aren't just going bowling like you're in it to win this thing. Oh, there's no question about that, Luke. You know, ever I, I talk about that all year long when people would ask me, you know, even when we got to five wins and they would talk about, you know, trying to get the bowl eligibility. I was like, man, we're at a point in time in our program where, Every day matters. You know, we have to get a little better every day because we're so young and, and we're still just efficient in some areas. And for us to, you know, man, we haven't won a bowl game since 2016. And uh, that's a big deal to, to, to check that off. And then to play a former conference opponent in Rice, uh, an opponent that's going to the American Conference, which obviously the Sun Belt and the American are the two that are always talked about as the best group of five football playing conference. So, it's a big deal for us. Our kids are excited about it. We had a great team meeting this morning, a great lift run. We're going to practice tomorrow. And uh, we enjoy being around each other. We've built a great culture. Everybody knows that. I expect us to go and really play hard and uh, really put our best foot forward. And we, we're, we're putting everything we can into it with that, along with recruiting right now. All right, Coach, you really did knock it out of the park last year in the portal. And I, th- I, I, and I said this to you before – I. I thought the defensive line, largely, that you brought in through the portal changed the whole complexion of the football team. Uh, recruiting now hot and heavy now. Will you be heavy in the portal again? And what, I know you can't talk about specific kids, but your your thoughts about recruiting, uh, the recruiting class, early signing class, and the, and the portal. Yeah, so, Bob, I think the portal will really be good to us again. And, and where, where we're going to be heavy is we're going to be heavy in our footprint, you know. And we don't necessarily – I've said this a bunch. We don't we don't give preferential treatment to a high school kid over a portal or a JUCO or the other way around. We just give preferential treatment to our footprint and what I like to call our people, you know. And that's why the portal has been so big to us because we have so many good players from our footprint that may go farther away from home. And then when they get there, it's not what they thought it would be. And they want to come back. And what we've been able to do here, our kids really recruit the Southern Miss in an unbelievable way. We've built such a great culture. Our kids are happy and they recruit other kids. We're coming off a weekend where we had an official visit and the parents, that's all they talked about was coach, man, your players just love it here. They sell you and, you guys better than y'all sell yourselves. And that means the world to me because uh, that, that lets you know you are doing it right. And 
I think the portal will be big for us again this year. There's a lot of kids from nearby that we've known forever from high school through where they are now that have a bunch of teammates playing here. And uh, I think we'll continue to build this thing. You're right, we did knock it out of the park with the D lineman last year. Obviously, uh, you know, like I said, we fixed a lot of issues over a two-year period, really just one-and-a-half class. We only had 13 spots in that first class. I think this class will be big to really tie up all the loose ends and start putting a product out there that can compete for championships. But before we throw it back to Kelly, let, let me just make this comment to you, Coach, on the air. I had the the opportunity to meet a lot of these kids this year at Tuesday practices and Wednesday practices. And to a man, and I came back telling Kelly this every day, what what classy kids, how, how polite, how articulate, how grateful, what great representatives of the university you have brought here. And I just think that that should be pointed out for people that only see them as football players. They're just really outstanding young men. Well, I really appreciate you saying that. Something we talk about all the time, and you guys know, y'all seen our culture pyramid. You've seen our core values. You know we entrench those every day. But one thing we started preaching a lot this year is, you know, everybody wants to be blessed, but not everybody wants the responsibility of receiving a blessing. And and what, what we talk to our guys about, what a blessing it is to play at a place that loves football so much as Southern Miss and has the resources we have and with so many people that care like, along with that comes a great responsibility to touch people's lives and impact them and, and, and make everything around you better. Our, our kids, man, they have just embraced that. And, I, you know, I know everybody wants to win every game we play, and we're going to get one day we're going to do that. You know what I mean? But uh, right now we have poured a foundation to build a real football program off of and uh, I'm proud of that. Yeah, those defensive linemen certainly have touched a lot of lives. Usually, the opposing team's quarterbacks. I don't. I'm not. I, I'm not sure their lives were enhanced because of it. But nonetheless, uh, coach, I want to pull the curtain back on the on the bowl selection process. You talked about people that love football. The Southern Miss fan base is a big reason you say that Mobile chose Southern Miss. Can you t- take us through the selection process and how you wound up getting to go to Mobile as opposed to New Mexico or Boca Raton or some of these places that are much farther away? Yeah, so with the bowl tie-in, you know, the New Orleans Bowl gets first pick in the Sun Belt. And then after that, you know, Mobile is there, and they wanted us. They wanted us from the get-go. And why did they want us? Well, they know our people are coming, you know. And uh, so, I mean, the really the real reason we got that bowl game is because of our fan base, because they know how many tickets they sell. You know, bowl games are about bowl, – bowl selection people are about making money, and they know Southern Miss people are coming. I've said all along we've got the best group of five fan base in America. I believe that with all my heart. Definitely the most passionate. There's no doubt about that. And uh, and so, you know, that, that that was big in us securing that bowl bid to get there that close. Yeah, and I, and I want to just put the word out to everybody. If you're making plans to go to the bowl on uh, – December 17th, which is a Saturday, make sure so that Southern Miss gets credit for it. Make sure that you go through the ticket office at Southern Miss to get your tickets. Don't go to any of these online retailers that, you know, um, you know, resell tickets, so to speak. But make sure you go through the Southern Miss ticket office to get your tickets for the ball. Yeah, I there think you go. that's important. All right, you got anything yeah. else, Luke? One more. We've got a couple more minutes left with Coach. Yeah, Coach, uh, speak to this because I, I've enjoyed this first year in the Sun Belt as as just a 
observing the other teams. And I think we saw every week in this conference just the parity. What, what's your take after going through one full regular season in the Sun Belt? Well, we're back in a real conference where football really matters, Luke. And every week it's going to matter. And, uh, you know, who would ever thought we'd play a football season where the Miami Hurricanes were on our schedule and they were the fourth, fifth, sixth best team we played, you know. And uh, that's probably, you know, the case. And, and you know, it was an extremely difficult schedule. We know that. We played five teams that won eight or more. We played four that won nine or more. We played several that won ten or more. And we played all of them to a one-score game. And that's not good enough. We didn't come here to play one-score games with people. But in year two, we went from a football program that was not a good football program in any way that couldn't play with anybody to a football program that can play with anybody on any given Saturday and now we got to make that next jump. And the Sun Belt's really well organized. It's a really good league. And uh, I think we're in a really good position going into year three to make another jump and start competing, you know, for championships. And we're excited to be in it and excited about the future. Coach, it's always a great pleasure to have you on the Eagle Hour. You've been very accessible to us all year. And uh, kids, everybody, we've uh, really enjoyed it. Look forward to talking to you between now and the bowl game. And uh, as always, sir, we thank you for your time. Thanks so much, Bob. You know, I just want people to know, man, I love Southern Miss. I love Mississippi. And uh, I take great pride in being your football coach, and I accept the response. We got we to take another step. I certainly understand that. When I hang this phone up, I'm going to walk right out this door, and there's a recruit on campus, and I'm fixing to get after him, and we're going to get this thing back where it's supposed to be. All right, Coach. We appreciate you very much, sir. All right. See you all. To the top. Coach Will Hall, everybody. And uh, it, it, that's just true. That's not smoke. He's been – Totally accessible any and every time we've asked him, Kelly. And and he never, like Jeremy McClain, too, he's never said, don't ask him anything. He no. said, no, I don't know how I'll answer it, but you're no. certainly free to ask whatever you want to and ask. And we should note as we recap this season, Southern Miss beat the American representative to the Cotton Bowl, a team that's 11-2. and two. That's Tulane. Yeah, I explained to you my logic of why Southern Miss should have been in the Final Four. I thought it made sense. Kansas State beat TCU. Tulane beat Kansas, Kansas State. State. Southern Miss beat Tulane. We should have had TCU spot. Yeah, that's that five degrees of separation or whatever. <laughs> By the way, another another headline out of the Sun Belt, Jamie Chadwell, Coastal Carolina's coach, headed to Liberty. Right, and North Texas uh, in the old conference fired their coach after playing in their championship game. Tough, tough road to hoe, isn't it? We'll tough business. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, I want to thank head football coach Will Hall for joining the Eagle Hour. Always enjoy our conversations with him. Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. That's where you got to go for your Christmas shopping. And then after that, you can get yourself a good lunch at 4th Street Bar and Grill. 
Or how much is a Kelly? Just- nine nine ninety five, and that includes your soft drink. And I call it a hardy man's lunch. You know, like you used to wear the husky pants when yes. you were kids. This is a hardy man's lunch. Well, let me just say the portions are more than satisfactory. And in the my food opinion. is very, very yeah. good. Yeah, There's sure a, no question at Four Street Bar and Grill. You can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast every day on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you could just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. And we want to remind all of our listeners about the annual toy and food drive for Homes for Hope for Children. It's underway. We're asking you for your help during the Christmas season. Donation boxes are set up and waiting for you at the corner market food stores across Hattiesburg and at the Citizens Bank on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. We're seeking canned food items and new unwrapped toys, all of which will be distributed to the kids following a live broadcast from the Midtown Corner Market a week from Friday on December 16th. We will be there along with the Super Talk Midday Network show. We appreciate all of our listeners and all that you've done in past years, and we're asking you to step up and join us again this year to ensure these deserving children enjoy a joyful Christmas. And the new incoming director of Homes for Hope is Judge Tony Mazingo. We're going to have him on the show one day this week. We had scheduled him today, but I think he had some conflicts. Uh, you know him, Kelly. He's he's a man of great credibility, bring, will bring some real credibility and leadership to that fine organization. And he's taking the role of politician and shedding that. Yes. Right? And, and now going to do some... Good. I, I hesitate to, like like he didn't do good before, but I'm just right. saying. Now he this is this is certainly something that he's very passionate about. So he felt it was important enough to give up a political yeah. future mm-hmm. to do this. So. And you'll see the big colorful collection boxes at all the corner markets. I want to thank really Bocoma Casino. They they made those for us a couple of years ago and and, and sent them down here. Uh, you know to help with the toy drive and uh, kind of off to a slow start. I'm told. So there's two weeks left, and generally as we get closer to the event, we get more and more toys. But remember, you can uh, you can buy canned food items, put those in the collection boxes or toys, and, uh, you know, these kids, been a lot going on down there. Right. We get that. But these kids had nothing to do with any of that. And uh, the need of those children has not changed. It wasn't their fault. No. And, uh, and now Judge Mazingo stepping in, so uh, we hope that – Everyone will join us uh, with the, the toy drive. All right, Golden Eagles lost their first basketball game, and what a basketball game it was. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, Luke wanted to run down the schedule of Rice, and this is one of those teams that I have to ask the question, guys. Why is a 5-7 and seven team from Conference USA rewarded with a bowl game? Well, that's what Coach Hall explained in that last segment as to how, how that happened. Um you know, the, there weren't enough six-win teams out there. So anybody that was complaining about a six-win Golden Eagle team, well, there were a lot of teams worse than that. But, uh, Luke, they had some had some decent wins in Conference USA, although they certainly didn't finish the season uh, on the best of terms, so to speak. No, it's actually it's a tale of two halves. They started off the season four and two. And uh, as of, I, I think, yeah, October 15th, mid-October, you're four and two, feeling good about yourself. And then they went two and four the rest of the way. Early, lost to, uh, to Southern Cal in, in the Rose Bowl. Uh, beat McNeese, beat Louisiana. That game, of course, was a common opponent. They defeated the Raging Cajuns 33-21 in Houston. They lost to Houston the next week, then beat UAB. 
and uh, and then lost to FAU by three. And then the second half of the season, they beat Louisiana Tech, lost to Charlotte, beat UTEP, got blown out uh, on the road at Western Kentucky, 45-10. The next week out uh, at home, got drilled by UTSA, 41-7, and then lost a close one to North Texas. So they're they're in a three-game losing streak um, right now, two and four, uh um, in the second half of the season, Mike Bloomgren, of course, in his fifth year, and uh, yeah, I, this is the most they've won under him. They won five games. This uh, this series between Southern Miss and Rice dates back to 2007. Six uh, wins for the Golden Eagles, six wins for Rice, and in the last two years. Golden Eagles uh, lost both in 2021 and 2020. Remember back in 2020, they drilled us at home. They got us 30-6, to but won last year, 24-19 out in Houston. And that, of course, was the game that I think Jake Lane came in and, and almost willed us to victory. So uh, this series, 6-6 six and six tied overall. So not only Golden Eagles' opportunity to get to seven wins, but seven wins all-time against Rice. Well, it's, it's come up and it's time for the Owls. You know, I, yeah. I think it's time for and, – and what this would mean, Luke, you talked about it in one segment about finishing one game above 500. It's only, you know, on paper, it's not all that sexy, but I'm telling you, to end a season with a win, with a young team that's got a lot of people coming back next year can Pretty build a lot, of, yeah, a lot of right. momentum in the offseason. Right, no question. All right, then there's basketball. And if you saw the basketball game yesterday, first of all, kudos to Northwestern State. Did a really good job broadcasting that game on – ESPN Plus. This was an up and down the floor epic battle. The Golden Eagles lost on a buzzer shot right at the end uh, by the really the outstanding point guard of uh, Northwest uh, Louisiana. I, I would say, Kelly, that the difference in the game, and it was really unusual, the Golden Eagles played very well, and, and DeAndre Pinckney was just outstanding yesterday. But unusual, the Golden Eagles had a lot of turnovers, and those turnovers turned out to be the difference. And and you see exactly where the Eagles had had so much success early in the season. And look, it's still been a great year, right? They're, they could still very well be a one-loss team going into that game against UNLV December 22nd out in Las Vegas. But the game before, the Eagles had only turned it over four times. It's really a statistic that doesn't get a lot of attention, but it certainly goes a long way as to who wins and who loses. Yeah, no question. It was uncharacteristic. I think they were in the top five in the country in turnover margin. Now, you got to give some credit to Northwestern State. They had really a couple of outstanding guards, I thought. Uh, very tenacious defensively, could really shoot from the outside. Uh, Luke, two very, very good basketball teams, and it went literally right down to the final buzzer. Yeah, I mean they beat us yesterday. That makes them seven and two on the year. So you're not dealing with a team that's you know haven't hasn't won. They they actually knocked off TCU earlier in the year when TCU was fifteenth uh, in in the country. So yeah, Demarcus Sharp yesterday was really the story for Northwestern State. He scored thirty two points, went twelve of twenty five from the from uh, the field, and he was the guy that that um I think he hit the last shot. Didn't he hit the last shot? Maybe in Haney, but I think uh, it was it was, it was sharp. sharp sharp that hit the last shot. But the Eagles, you know, really rebounded. Hase started a little slow and then he ended up with twenty three. Uh, you mentioned Pinkney, nineteen points, twelve rebounds. And again, I'm telling you, the the stat to look at on this team is what is what both of you guys mentioned. Nineteen turnovers for the Golden Eagles, which last year that was a recurring theme. The loss was the turnovers. You just, interconnected. But, I mean, guys, you turn the ball over 19 times, and you still lose on a last-second shot. And if I'm 
right. This is what? This is the third highest uh, points they've scored all year. The other two were to Delta State, so throw that out. That's an exhibition. And then Loyola, they scored 86. So so you want to say this is this is the most points they put up against a, a, a really good opponent. So in, in some ways, it was bound to happen that you lose Northwestern. It's, it's hard to win over there. Um, and you lose on a last-second shot. They'll take a lot from this game, and they'll be able to learn from this game. Ultimately, this game will be meaningless, but we should mention the Golden Eagles, as of today, are 31st in the country in net rankings. That's the uh, not, not the polls, but the net rankings is where you want to be. Southern Miss right now, 31st. All right, the Lady Eagles got beat Saturday night. Watch that game, too. Tell you what my life is like. Uh, 71-59 by Samford. Controversial technical foul against Dominique Davis late in the game when the game was close. That that was really pivotal. Coach McDallas got pretty vocal. You could actually hear her on the broadcast, and you could hear the official tell her that if you don't get back in the box, there's going to be another one. So she was visibly upset by the technical foul that was called against Dominique Davis, and the ladies fall 71-59. Interesting, Kelly, and you pointed this out to me, but the official release from the school reads like this. Home cooking proved to be more than enough to give Samford a 71-59 decision over Southern Miss at the Pete Hanna Center. You don't see many headlines like that. No, that, that's, that's what we call in journalism school an editorialization. That is somebody's opinion, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but it's uh, kind of refreshing to see every once in a while somebody get fired up about that. Yeah, they were clearly pretty fired. Wow, up. I'm I'm actually reading that right now. I did yeah. not see that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Lady Eagles uh, enjoy a week off uh, from play for final exams, and they'll host uh, six and two Alabama on uh, December the 11th. That will be is that this Sunday? No. This coming Sunday. Yes, this coming Sunday. Yes. Yeah, and you look at you look at the men's team. Yeah, it's it's almost to me. It's I'm kind of glad. If, I mean, if you had to lose the one game, go ahead and get it out of the way. I didn't like losing. You know, no, I don't either. But you got a favorable schedule coming up, home and away against Lamar. You play McNeese, and then you head out to Lost Wages. It was a great basketball game. Yeah, it was. There's no question about that. All right, volleyball, I think, is still playing. Still alive in that postseason tournament. Luke is going to bring us up to date as to when they play next. And if they win this next game, they go to the final four. Wow. Women's volleyball coming up next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this Monday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. On Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, dbathattiesburg.com. It's December. You need some gifts. Lessons are a gift. Memberships are a gift. But that pro shop, you can find lots of gifts for your softball and baseball player in your family. DBAT, D1 Proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour, Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Bob Getty from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg, and Laurel. Women's volleyball over the weekend. 
What did they do? Well, they won again. Down in uh, Troy, Alabama, they uh, first beat Alabama State um, last Thursday and then turned around on Friday and defeated UT Martin. And so, guys, the best way to describe that, it's almost like a regional, okay? So there was four teams at Troy. Southern Miss emerges as uh, as the victor and uh, won the first uh, set of the, the volleyball match on Saturday or Friday against Tennessee Martin, 25-4, to and then per, per, uh, proceeded, I should say, to sweep uh, UT Martin, 28-26, 25-21. So what will they do? They are now will be on the road this week, and they will be traveling up to Western Carolina. They will take on Western Carolina 5 o'clock on Wednesday. And whoever wins that one would then uh, advance, as Kelly says, to the semifinals that would be uh, this coming weekend. So Coach Hazelwood and her ladies uh, now are in only eight teams left in the NIVC. All right. So bowl selection uh, goes down over the weekend. Southern Miss set to take on Rice Saturday, December 17th in the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. That game will be played at Hancock-Whitney Stadium. Uh, that's the uh, South Alabama's um, home stadium. All right, other Sunbelt Bowls uh, with Sunbelt teams that have been solidified. The first of the bowl season, Friday, December 16th, so a week from Saturday, UTSA and Troy at the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl in Orlando. Guys, that's a a matchup of two top 25 teams as Troy cracks it this week at 24, UTSA at 20. Five uh, On December the 19th, so two weeks from today, Marshall and UConn in Conway, South Carolina at the Myrtle Beach Bowl. The Wednesday, the 21st of December, Western Kentucky and South Alabama down in the Big Easy at the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Friday, December 23rd, Louisiana takes on Houston in the Independence Bowl. And then after Christmas, Tuesday on December 27th, two games, Georgia Southern and Buffalo in the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, and then Coastal Carolina and East Carolina at the Birmingham Bowl in Birmingham. I'm sure glad it was not, with all due respect to the Independence Bowl, I'm glad it wasn't the Independence Bowl. I I don't think it could have worked out any better for Southern Miss, other than I know know Rice is not, not, it's kind of underwhelming, Rice. But but for the Eagles to get to go to Mobile, have the game start at 445, where you could load up the kids and whoever at noon – on Saturday and still get down there in plenty of time. You know, you figure three hours, the game be over 7, 45, 8 o'clock. You could be home by 1030 at night. You wouldn't. I mean, it's a perfect situation for the Southern Miss fan base to go to. Yeah, a bowl and game. I don't like these bowl games played right around Christmas, like the day before or the day after Christmas makes it very, very difficult uh, to get that. To get well, we, we had, I think my red shirt freshman year, we played in the Houston bowl and it was two days after Christmas and so we literally woke up on Christmas morning in the hotel, and I really never wanted to do that again. We played in the Liberty the next year. We got to leave after Christmas, and that was always special. And, and I have to give a shout-out to Jenny Hazelwood and the job that she's done in her first year as volleyball coach. And I know volleyball is, is not necessarily you know a, a gener- revenue-generating gener- sport, but when you look at what she's done in her first year, it's been a long time, you guys. Bob, you and I go back to when everything was in black and white. There's no such thing as, as color. Like when we were covering sports, mm-hmm. but it's been a long time since you look at the overall health of the athletic programs at Southern Miss that now that Jay Ladner and the basketball team 
is blowing and going. It's been a long time since the overall health of the athletic program has been right. this positive. Is that is that reasonable? That's reasonable. And I'll tell you what else I was thinking about over the weekend. It's a reminder of how exciting a good basketball team is. That was fun watching that. It's fun watching these kids play. And uh, we're going to have some interviews this week. You interviewed several of the kids, right? I did. And, and one of them, you, you really like Felipe Hase. Yeah. Oh, man, that kid. He's a doll. Yeah, yeah, he's a yeah. good one. But you were literally looking up to him as that interview took place. Are you in, did you interview Pinkney? I did, Devon. I'm yeah. so happy for him. Yeah. He, he stuck it out. He Was was he like the only guy that didn't leave? And that was one of the first questions I asked him is, yeah. why didn't you when everybody yeah. else was yeah. bailing? Good for him. You I know. mean, good for him. Also, I'm going to try to get to football practice tomorrow and get some comments from some of the kids about the uh, – upcoming season uh, upcoming bowl game so we're gonna have lots of athletes uh, athletes on the show this week and you would talk- make one more note about volleyball first winning season since 2018 first time they've won 20 wins since 2017 and Jenny hazelwood does both in her first year and has the eagles in postseason play yeah good for her and you know you talked about that remote bob at midtown for the toys uh right the toy drive for homes for hope that's the day before the bowl game Right. So maybe if you're out of town, if you are going to go Friday night, stop by there first, make your contributions, and head 100%, on out. 100%. All right. Uh, athletics Director Jeremy McLean on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. Lots to talk to him about. We hope you'll tune in for that. That's tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And until then, Southern Miss. To the, to top. the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.